back uh, with <laughs> just a little pre, uh, you know, pre-game in here talking to the guys, and, and Trevor's making us laugh already off the start. So this should be a good episode, everybody. So be ready. I know it's probably not as you know crazy as our last one. We've had some some good conversations there, but uh, either way, we're going to get into this one here and break down this week's games. Uh, we got a huge weekend. I mean, just monstrous across the board. And we are really going to find out how these conferences are going to shake out, uh, mainly in the ACC and the SEC, and even some of the Pac-12 here. Um, just, just an exciting weekend in football. Uh, before we jump into all that, I'll hit a quick update on the old Spygate. Uh, not going to dive into it. Just quick, you know, brief uh, what's going on. Uh, last week, the NCAA did, uh, you know, go in and meet with the top brass of Michigan, the administration and let them know the evidence that they have. Uh, again, sign stealing is legal. There's nothing against it. The only thing that is the issue is, is this Connor Stallions guy? Uh, was he paid directly by the university? Uh, you know, is them or is him paying people to go to games and filming illegal? It's in a gray area, so they're going to figure that one out. And then uh, the biggest one that dropped from him is... <laughs> And it's been all over social media. Is this guy, did he go incognito to the Central Michigan versus Michigan State game? And did he try to record with his freaking sunglasses? Uh, it, and everybody's trying to debunk it, saying, oh, it's it's him. it's not him. Others are like, no, it's for sure him. Face match on like one of these apps is like 95% positive it is. But then a guy, the guy had hair and Stallions is bald. But hey, I'm telling you, if you've ever watched the Americans, you know you can you can see what a wig can do for a man, and how how good it looks. So I think it's I think it is him. I think he's just that brazenly, you know, crazy about his craft and and trying to impress people. So we'll see what happens with uh, with old Stallions on that one. But the Michigan administration uh, they feel confident in going forward with contract negotiations with Jim Harbaugh, uh, something that Harbaugh's wanted and he wanted to feel appreciated. Um, so it sounds like the deal is on the table and just waiting to be signed. Uh, I I can't imagine Michigan would go ahead with that if they felt that there were some major issues, uh, with the NCAA going forward. But then again, uh, NCAA and others in the media have said that this could go into next year or even longer. Uh, if it's anything like it was with uh, the Kansas basketball program with how many level one violations they had, it took long time and nothing even happened to that to self. So uh, we'll, we'll see what happens. But again, uh, Harbaugh expected to sign a contract soon. Uh, investigation will loom into the next year and they'll probably end up splicing that with Burger Gate. So we'll just keep an eye on and we'll let you know what happens there. Uh, jumping out of that and getting into actual football, because I know this has been the longest bye week of my life as a Michigan fan and dealing with this crap. I'm ready to talk friggin' football. Uh, so let's get into this. College football playoff rankings, uh, that's the new thing that's mattering uh, as we move forward. AP poll, like, yeah, it's still, you know, a good gauge, but they, the CFP rankings are what matters now, and I believe those are only going to be on Tuesdays moving forward. Uh, do, they, do they do them on Monday at all, or is it only on Tuesday? I believe so. Only on Tuesdays. Okay, so we'll we'll keep a track on that going forward. Uh, Tuesdays, 
Uh, again, these are the ones that matter moving forward. And, you know, they splice, splice the eye test. Uh, obviously, to them, resume matters. Uh, but how much? I don't know, because Florida State has a better resume than Georgia or Michigan, but uh, they're, they come in at number four. So I think they're kind of along the lines of, you know, what we've been doing is you got to use eye test. You can still tell, you know, how good Georgia and Michigan are. But also, at the same time, resume does matter. Otherwise, what the hell is the point of playing the game? So uh, they got Ohio State at one, uh, Michigan uh, at three. I don't know why I said Michigan next, but Georgia's at two, Michigan at three, Florida State is at four. And then you got the, you know, the kind of mashup here, Washington, Oregon, Texas, Bama, Oklahoma. All these teams have played each other. They've beaten each other. So they're all stacked up in that, you know, uh, and how how they were you know ranked after they beat each other and whatnot. Uh, so it'll be curious to see how it moves forward. A lot of it's going to shake out. Uh, do you guys have any problems with any of the rankings? I feel like it was pretty solid myself. Yeah, that's pretty spot on, in my opinion. I mean, you know, I don't. I just don't dis. I disagree with outside of the top four. Obviously, it doesn't really matter what I think of the outside of the top four. It all that matters, and I think the top four is reasonable. I mean, at the end of the day, it's all reasonable. It's not outside of the realm of possibilities that Ohio State's at one and Florida State's at four. I mean, shoot, there's an argument to me that Florida State could be two and Georgia and Michigan would round out the top four. So um, I don't have any complaints about it. I do have an issue with Oklahoma being where they are, and I think they should have been lower – but I don't know who you put in front of in front of them. USC, they're they shouldn't even be ranked. But um, that's whatever. And same, I mean, I have the same point of view that I'm sure Blake is going to echo is that Tennessee shouldn't be there either. But um, uh, that's just outside of the top four, though. It doesn't really matter. But those are just few a uh, couple of teams that I disagree that are even in the top top for the CFP. Yeah, I, I think uh, with the Oregon – or excuse me, the Oklahoma thing, I, I probably would – you know, in our rankings, I had them further back. But I, I think with them, they're saying, well, they beat Texas, who beat Alabama, who's still one of the top wins in the country. So and, – and Kansas is ranked now too. So it's, you know, it's one of those – I don't know. Uh, it, it's just interesting how, how it's all playing out. Kansas, uh, their team, they beat, you know – well, I'm pretty sure Oklahoma State beat Kansas, uh, but Oklahoma State's behind Kansas. Kansas did beat Oklahoma, so it's you know it's just all this this met mixed match and well, dude, well they played head to head, so you know they should be ahead of them. Not necessarily all the time, and I think we've talked about that too. It it just depends uh, as we move forward, teams grow and uh, and teams start to to wane as well. So we'll 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 get into more of that on teams that are. Uh, getting better and teams that are falling off. Uh, talking about a team that has been falling off real quick and a coach uh, <laughs> with respect to Clemson. Old Dabo, man, he went off on this kid, man. What was his name? How was from somewhere, some from Spartanburg, Tyler or something like that. Uh, but man, this, this kid came in. He, he called up uh, on the show on uh, the show, and uh, Dabo did not like how he responded and. You know, he said, you know, hey, you're unappreciative. You know, Clemson's obviously won a bunch since uh, Dabo's been coached there. And uh, he made that point. He was like, hey, look, you know, 
we're you guys are expecting a lot more and not being appreciative. We've won so much and you have one down season and now you're expecting, you know, people get fired, you're expecting people to get uh, you know, their you know, pay cut or whatever. It's one down year after we've won, you know, two titles in seven years, you know, all this other stuff. And I, I don't really blame Dabo for going off on on somebody, you know, but uh, I think the pressure is is maybe getting to, to old Dabo a little bit too at the same time. But he's got a big chance here to prove it this weekend, uh, you know, at least get the program back on track and fight for some bowl eligibility because they're in trouble. <laughs> I have no problem with fans questioning a coach or why a team is performing the way they're pre- performing. You know, I get heat all the time for – making my comments about Jalen Milrow and Alabama's offensive line. And, you know, I get it. You know, you want to support your team, but also you have every right to be critical or, well, uh, you have every right to criticize a team that you cheer for because that's your team. You know, I, I don't see the problem with me criticizing Milrow or Saban. I don't care if he's been successful before. That doesn't mean he's not open to making stupid decisions, like starting a quarterback with 12-20 vision. You know, there's a lot of issues that I have every right to ask questions about, and I don't see why people get mad about it. I get heat on Twitter, Facebook, whatever, all the time. You should support your team, and I do. I also support winning, and – I just don't feel like he's going to get it done long-term. He is making improvements, and I I do see a lot of improvement in him, and I kind of like the direction he's going. But past tense, people getting so upset, you know, you got to be critical of your team. That coach is making X amount of money, and no, it's not coming out of your pocket, but, I mean, you question things in every day-to-day life, like why is gas going up? Why are groceries so expensive? Whatever. Why can't you ask, why is my team going four and four with a coach making $12 million and getting five-star athletes every year? Yeah. I mean, I don't necessarily support Dabo and going, going ham on this guy, because honestly, if you that sensitive buddy, bye. You want to be a part of a powerhouse? Conduct yourself like Nick Saban. Conduct yourself like some of these other elite coaches that don't give anybody poster board material. They keep it down, keep it on the down low. They keep pause everybody's excitement or calm everybody down. Like, dude, seriously, you were you're the head coach of Clemson, who everyone pretty much across the country considers a powerhouse. Now you've made it. Now act like it a little bit. Like you're having one off season, you're stressed out. Cool. I'm sure people down in South Carolina near Clemson are going crazy. I'm sure you're getting it from every angle. I get it. But seriously, you're a head coach of college football, like Blake just mentioned, making millions of dollars. And like, dude, just get over it. Like, I don't know. I, I I don't I disagree with a coach of his caliber. It'd be different if like some fan came at somebody in at Central Michigan. I like you know what you two just go out in the parking lot. Like neither one of you matter. <laughs> like, but in this case, 
Like, I don't even see why Dabo even gave it the time of day. Yeah, I, again, I, I think it's just the pressure of it all. And uh, for me, I I don't mind him talking back to the to the caller, but I I also don't mind the caller, you know, having his concerns. That that's that's why we have college football. And yes, the fans pay the bills. Yes, they may work for the administration and whatever, but anytime you buy a shirt or a hat or a ticket or anything, that pays that man's bills. So, you know, to me, I. Let it out, all everybody. I I don't care. You know, sent if you got fire in, if you got hate in your heart, let it out. That's what Clayton Bigsby says. So, uh, you know, if, if you haven't seen that, go check out uh, that that skit. But either way, I I don't. I've never been a re- real big fan of old Dabo. Anyway, he, he feels like a fake. You know, kind of like a fake guy to me. Um, but I, I still don't. I don't mind the the shit talking between them or anybody else. Yes, and you should speaking, conduct yourself better. But speaking of fake, Ooh. let's talk about USC and Washington and the <laughs> fake, fake Lincoln Riley with that fake offense and that fake defense. <laughs> I mean, Washington it's and Penix Jr. I fully expect to tear USC apart because they fake, they false, they uh, they fake news. As they say, well, they're out of Colorado, so I mean, it's half of the time it's based to where or California, sorry, but yeah, almost um, the same thing nowadays. But they, shoot, <laughs> it really unfortunately, is. Um, uh, it is. But no, I this is a weird one to me because Washington's kind of been trending down the last couple of weekends. Yeah, and I know we've mentioned that Penix, uh, you know, maybe bruised ribs, you know, then that that screws up a man's throwing motion and you know how much velocity and everything else you can get in there. So when it comes down to it, though, that this is this is all just going to be can USC score with Washington because Washington is still a very good team, and that USC defense is atrocious. I mean, they just let Cal put up forty nine on them, so. <laughs> I mean, it's the that, worst. that's all it is, man. It's the worst. <laughs> it's not just the defense, though. Their offensive line has struggled a yeah. lot this season, too. Caleb Williams had has struggled had to be a, well. Yeah, he's had to be a one-man show a lot of the times. And, I mean, he's he's solid as far as making plays. He's not the most accurate passer, but he's he can make plays. He's kind of like a, uh, a Wish.com Johnny Manziel. <laughs> I love it. But hey, no, real talk, guys. Real talk. Let me ask you a question. Do y'all still think? Do, do, do y'all still prescribe to the fact that Caleb Williams is a top two, top three quarterback in the NFL draft next year? I'm just I never curious did because I listened with. to someone literally say Caleb Williams is still the best quarterback on the board come the NFL draft. I'm like, how can you possibly say that? I. It's it's a weird one to me because I think people see just how athletic he is. And you have to say he is. I mean, he's absolutely athletic. The You know, his mobility in the pocket, his uh, scrambling on, you know, throwing on the run, it's impressive. But at the same time, he makes some some bad decisions. He, he scrambles around way too much in the bag sometimes instead of dumping down or uh, tossing the ball out of bounds. So when it comes to decision-making, I don't think he is. When it comes to athleticism, he's he's probably up there. I look at it when you look at teams that he plays that have a life on defense, he doesn't perform to the same caliber as when he plays against teams that do not. 
Mm-hmm. And when you go to the next level, you're facing a team every single Sunday that has a high quality defense, even if it's like the Chicago Bears or, you know, whoever's down that year. But speaking of the Bears, I have even seen like on Twitter some of these teams, they're begging to tank to get this guy, which is something I just do not understand, especially Chicago. Um, Justin Fields there, not to make this about the NFL, but just in general, I, I liked Justin Fields in college, and I don't think he's a bad quarterback. They just don't have a supporting cast around him, just like that when they had Trubisky. You know, they mm-hmm. you can get all these quarterbacks, but if you don't surround them with somebody to help them out, I mean, they're useless. And I think it'll just be the same thing if they were to draft Caleb Williams. Yeah, that's situ- that situation is funny to me because it's essentially – South Carolina of the NFL. It is <laughs> Spencer Rattler, and then the rest of the team around him is trash. You know, it's the same situation. So you're right. I don't agree or understand these pe- people and fans in the NFL wanting Caleb Williams when personally I think there's at least two or three better quarterbacks cur- that are going to be in that draft. Um, just Correct. off the top of my head, just thinking about quarterbacks that I know that are going to be in the NFL draft. Yeah, Drake May. I don't, I don't know. Look, look, seriously, <laughs> I know what you're doing, and it might work, but North Carolina ain't even on the list of games to watch this weekend. This because weekend, so them Campbell uh, Camels are going to pull that upset Saturday, son. It's coming. But if that happens, I I'll swear, cry. Bro. I'll log in and cry on air. Let's do it. <laughs> uh, the Washington game, though, it is a uh, Washington's three-point favorites in this one over uh, USC. I was kind of expecting it to be bigger just based on how bad that defense is for USC. But, you uh, know, I, Vegas I don't knows think more I was do. expecting it bigger <laughs> because I'll tell you this much is I find that the committees and people and betting all those Vegas people out there, I feel like they just have a thing for the USC Trojans. And no matter what, they will always be like real close, real close as far as like the spread goes and whatnot. Yeah, I mean, you get a lot of money bait on uh, on USC and their spreads and their lines, so make makes some sense. Um, Blake, anything else on this one? Uh, not really. Uh, I'll I'll do my pick at the end. I just uh, all right. You know, USC's defense is really bad, but all, uh, Washington's isn't you know, fantastic aside from the Oregon game, they haven't been, you know, just flashy on defense. So it's going to come down to can USC keep on the gas and keep up with Washington and force one turnover even, and they are at home. So I don't know. I I was really back and forth on this game. and I still am. I'm back and forth, honestly, on every single game we have to pick this week. Dude, absolutely. Week. This week, this week is going to be, to me, upset city. I mean, obviously my pick'em had gone great, but I'm, you know, just to feel for it, I, I feel like I'm, I'm pretty decent at, at seeing how some of these teams are going to play. And yeah, God, no, man, I, this is just a tough one. Uh, yeah. let, let's get one of the easier ones out of the way here, and uh, we'll stay out west and let, let's talk about another just absolutely horrible team. Uh, offensively, defensively, and uh, yeah, we're, we're just going to talk about it. Colorado. You know, uh, Trevor mentioned the state earlier on accident, but 
Uh, it's still on my mind. So number 16, Beavs at Colorado. Oregon State's 13.5-point favorites. This one, again, Oregon State, we know how good they are. They've got a good balanced def- uh, offense. They've got a solid defense. Uh, and, and then they're going up against Colorado, who has not been able to stop anybody all season. Uh, and then their offensive line right now is, you know, they're on like third string, you know, tackles. And uh, they're like the most pressured team in college football outside of uh, South Carolina, I believe. So uh, th- this one just uh, spells disaster for Colorado. I picked them last week, hoping maybe they could find it. I was wrong. And uh yeah, you, you take that for what it's worth. Boys, what, what you got on this one? I feel like this is the week that people need to be careful with Colorado. You got them at home. They're embarrassed. They got robbed in Los Angeles. So, I mean, not robbed on the field, robbed in the locker room. You know, <laughs> typical Los Angeles robbery there. It happens all the time. It's part of life there. But – this is this is a situation where I do think Oregon State does need to watch themselves coming off that loss to Arizona, getting embarrassed, the Beavers going rabid. So it's either a statement game or get embarrassed and lose to Colorado. Please don't do that, though, Beavers. I'll tell you what, man. This is a dangerous game for Oregon State. I'll tell you that much because I'd, that was the first game – I think last week where Colorado's offense was held in check first team to really do it all season because everywhere, everywhere else, regardless, they may have had a rough first half against USC, but we all saw what he, what they did in just a half of football with USC. I mean, this offense can be threatening, but that being said, pretty much everyone knows when you come in to go into play or they come into your house to play, they're one-dimensional right out the gate. They're going to be throwing it. And that's really all they're going to do. Shadur Sanders does a few sneaks here and there. But the Colorado offense is basically simple. We're going to pass to open up the run a little bit. And that's that's pretty much what it seems to be their mentality. And I don't I don't anticipate that change, and at least not this year. And their defensive strategy has kind of just been, let's see if we can keep a team from scoring – in less than ten plays, it's a it's a hope and pray mentality. It's yeah. a hope and yeah. pray, it's, spray it's and pray, as they say. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah, and really, the best defenses they've played Oregon and UCLA they've they've <clears throat> been squashed. So, uh, yeah, I, I I don't think they have a chance, but anything's possible. It is Pac-12, and this is also a night game. So Pac-12 after dark. You know, just just get ready for stupid. They'll all probably be high during that game since it's at night. You know, hey man, I, smoking you know, it I up, don't wheezy. Them, you know, <laughs> yeah, because that loss a little better. Hey, wheezy's <laughs> on the sidelines down there. Oh, I, it was the night game. That you know what that means? That means rap concert on the sideline. That's what's gonna happen. They'll be bumping on the them shots 12. ring out. A little scrap. Them subs gonna be bouncing. A little scrap. Whoa, whoa, bro. Whoa, oh, slow down. Up. Hold up now. Golly. Yeah. Oh, jeez. Yeah, you know, I, I don't know. Hold up, hold up. What do you think I just said? Because it was probably not what the subs. I was talking about subwoofers, you know, oh, bouncing. Okay. Yeah, I Never thought mind. you were talking about those all going to be eating Subway on the sideline. <laughs> <laughs> New sponsor deal for Colorado. 
Uh, oh, yeah. Honestly, one surprised me. Uh, they like to take foot loans. <laughs> <laughs> I am him. Himothy. Uh, oh, oh, my gosh. Well, let, let's do another Pac-12 after dark game because, um, you know, I, I'm really hungry right now. And uh, <laughs> I've just got – I'm craving a little fajita. Uh, yeah, little, there it is. Steaming, the steaming a fajita. Steaming flying fajita, baby. My, <laughs> Lord my Trevor, boy. when you say steaming fajita, I just want to wrap the ceiling fan around my neck and jump off this chair. <laughs> that would be an impressive feat. Steaming <laughs> fajita. The steaming fajita. The flying fajita, baby. Whatever oh, he is. Flying he's damn fajita. good. Yeah, and, he's really uh, good. And he's, and he's, he's probably got, not going to play. He's got a game this weekend. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's the word is that uh, you know Dolores getting ready to to suit up, but I just can't. I, I think it's Huge game mistake. Ship. If he plays, I just I don't know how you don't ride with the hot hand. Uh, but that that's a, that's the word on the street, the word on the beat. You know what they say. So Lincoln Riley's licking his chops and trying to get him over to OU, so he has another yeah. mobile quarterback. Yeah, I mean, if they sit him and you know. Transfer portal might be calling. I mean, I don't know the guy. I don't know his resolve, but I I, I wouldn't be happy myself. So we'll we'll see what happens. Uh, but this Arizona team, they're hot right now. Uh, we've talked about a couple teams that are, you know, getting hot at the right moments. Arizona, Oregon State's one of them. We'll talk about them later. Uh, some teams that are kind of you know starting to to wane a little bit was Washington. They're you know they're kind of on a downtrend. Um, or uh, Oklahoma is another one that's kind of starting to get a little squirrely. So let's see if this hot team, Arizona, if they can keep riding this wave and they can knock off number 19 UCLA. UCLA is only three-point favorites. But, again, it's a 930 game at Arizona. I mean, they've got a thing for these Pac-12 after dark games, and it gets stupid out there. Just like Oregon State doing that fake field goal last week at halftime, and then they end up losing the game. So – Really, this is going to come down to if Fafita plays and uh, the physicality of that run game from Arizona, and if they can if they can get through this UCLA defense. Yeah, I was really disappointed in the game last week. I don't know if you paid attention, but it looked like the stadium was not even at capacity. I didn't know if you noticed that. It looked like it was maybe like six, a little more than half full. And yeah, that's what it looks like to me. So I'm watching some of the replays and stuff like that, looking yeah. at the stands. You just think with your team coming on like that, you know, you'd have more crowd, especially for that big of a game. But hopefully now that they've pulled off an upset like that, maybe that'll get more people out because that would help them out a lot uh, against UCLA. You know, I can't really add to anything you said. You know, UCLA's got one of the top defenses in the Pac-12, and I think they're in the top. 15 even or top 20 nationally overall uh they've got a really solid defense and my pick literally depends on whether or not Fafita is going to start because if he if Delora starts I just I can't pick Arizona because he just didn't have them rolling in the beginning of the year how Fafita stepped in and have has this team playing but that unknown it makes this game hard to to lock in one way or the other, because I, I truly believe if Fafita plays, I think this is a statement game for Arizona, and they walk away with it. Yeah, I I, I definitely agree with you on that thought process. Um, with me, 
I'm just still kind of uh, going off of what I said last week is like, I just have the utmost faith in Chip, Chip Kelly right now with the way he's calling the calling the games and the way he's has his team preparing these past couple weeks. I just think that they've that they've found something, whatever it may be, but they found a rhythm that it seems to be working for them the past couple weeks. Um, and I really do like UCLA so far because of the way they've played the past couple weeks. Now that being said. Really, if you want to look at it, you got two teams that are starting to pick up the pace as far as wins, playing well on both sides of the ball. Um, so I think this game, among probably two others in my mind, are very interesting because of the way the teams have been playing up to the this game, this com- upcoming game. So I'm really curious to see how this goes. I give the edge to UCLA. Only because there is no question mark on who the starting quarterback is, you you don't have that kind of, I guess, question looming over the uh, the team's head team's head. Um, so that's why I kind of give the edge to UCLA. But my pick might surprise you. You never know. Yeah, and uh, UCLA did make a ch- uh, quarterback change going with this Garbers guy too. So um, Dante Moore, you know, he's sitting. Uh, so, you know, that's another one. Hey, watch out transfer portal. Who knows if this guy plays the rest of the season. I don't know if he's hurt. I haven't seen anything about it. I think they just benched him. Uh, he's 10 touchdowns, seven interceptions on the year. He's a freshman, you know, but he was big on the NIL train. He's from Michigan. He, he was, you know, rumored to go to Michigan state, uh, you know, after, you know, saying he was going to go to Michigan and then he ended up committing to Oregon and then he switched to UCLA. So, I mean, this is a kid, he's got a lot of talent, but, and he's a five-star quarterback. How's he going to handle this? And you know, uh, not getting to play here. So we'll—that's another one. We'll we'll watch that as we move forward. But uh, yeah, th- this this is going to be a good game. I'm I'm excited to stay up late watching this one, and uh, I certainly will. Another game uh, that we really haven't talked about this team at all this season, and it's a shame because I I like them, but it's Virginia Tech. Uh, Virginia Tech's going up against uh, Louisville here. And, I, you know, this is a team that's also warming up of late is uh, Virginia Tech. They've had last couple of games that haven't been bad from them, and they've got every opportunity here to, to knock them off. Uh, this spread's nine and a half. Uh, Louisville, they've played really well lately. They just they blanked Duke last week, which was impressive. Uh, Jawar Jordan's a very good running back. You know, he, he's back in the fold. Uh so, I mean, th- this to me is a game that Louisville just has to be ready. They they can't overlook this game because of how Virginia Tech started the season because uh, right now they've d- they played really well against Wake and they beat Syracuse uh, very good as well. So, th- this one, Louisville just really needs to watch out. Don't get complacent. I was trying to look up and see if this was a night game in Blacksburg, but it is not. It is a 2.30 kickoff. That would have been a big benefit for Virginia Tech. But they have come on for the last three weeks. I think they've averaged 30 points a game the last three weeks. But, man, they did lose to Marshall. And they they lost to another little team, too. I can't remember who it was. But I know they had like two or three losses in the beginning of the season that was borderline embarrassing for the program. But I am a fan of Virginia Tech. Uh, I've always liked. Uh, they lost to uh, Purdue, Rutgers, and Marshall Purdue. three straight. 
and then uh, and then of course Florida State too. But yeah, they they can definitely compete with Louisville. Virginia Tech's one of those programs. They they always get good athletes. They've got big guys, physical players, and uh, they've just they fell off the last four or five years. They used to be in and out of the ACC constantly up at the top and just never really could get over that hump, almost like uh, the Texas A&M of the ACC. Yeah, um, I, I, I really do like Virginia Tech and uh, <laughs> what they're they're trying to figure out. I just don't think that they're yet there yet. I think the, the team is – I think the team overall is uh, immature – and uh, I just I think that it, that is the reason for the inconsistency. Um, and yeah, that's that's my biggest concern with Virginia Tech is I just don't think they have a mature core group of guys that can deal with the adversity as much as maybe teams of the past. Um, Louisville, um, I was excited about them being my dark horse for the ACC. At the beginning of the season, they started a teeter, <laughs> and now we're kind of back into the winning ways again. Um, <laughs> but uh, I, I think Louisville is doing well. I think they got a pretty decent balance going on between their offense and their defense. Um, and you know, yeah, they just—I I like the way that they call their games. I've—I've I've enjoyed watching Louisville play. Um, and with that said, I want to bring us back to the SEC and a and a team a talk about a, talk about a game and a team that I I th- think is also on the uptick and starting to put things together, and that's Alabama versus LSU. <clears throat> and I think that Alabama and I'm sure Blake will probably correct me. After the f- past few weeks, I've really liked the way the trajectory of the play calling has gone even though it may not have been executed as pro- as well as it could have been in a lot of cases, I still like the way that they're trying to call the games. I just don't necessarily think the execution is quite there yet, but this week's an important week for Alabama. This is kind of time for a gut check on seeing how tough the team really is because uh, up to this point, I feel like outside of the Texas game, LSU is going to be their first real big tough test. Where you're talking about the the lines are probably going to be very comparable to each other as far as size, strength, speed. Um, and so I really think this is a very very evenly matched game in most respects. And I think I would actually believe it or not give the edge to the quarterback play to uh, LSU actually um, to to <laughs> for for me. I know that a lot of people will say that Milrow has improved over the past few weeks. I know, I know a certain person that disagrees with that thought process. Uh, so uh, I will pass it, pass it off to my cohorts and see what they have to say about this game. Alabama is going to have to play perfection on offense. And I just don't know that they're capable of it. Defensively, Alabama's got a really good unit, one of the best in college football, easily a top 10 defense. But when your offense is going three and out every drive and your defense is on the field 
more plays than your offense is snapping. That just makes for a long game and a bad game. That's how explosive plays happen. When you've got corners, every play running 35, 40 yards, they get gassed. And then uh, the offense brings some fresh receivers on. You know, it's it just makes it very hard for a team to keep up. And LSU can move the football. They're going to score points. I just – I don't know that I trust Jalen Milrow to accurately pass deep balls. I, I've seen the stats that have been all over the media this week that he's like second in the nation in deep ball throws with like a 95% accuracy and all this and that. But – it's on blown coverages and he's taken very little passes. I mean, it's like less than 30 and he's hit like 27 or 28 of 30 for more than 20 yards or something like that. And, but then you're comparing that to teams that have taken 70 shots, 20 plus yards and completed 52 of 70 or 55 of 70. Yeah. He may have the better percentage but you go and look at some of the balls that he's missed their own. When he is off, he is off. And he still struggles at, at reading defenses. He has gotten better the past few weeks, particularly against Texas A&M. Uh, he played really well as far as doing his hitting his check downs and going through his progressions, looking at the second and third receivers. He did a whole lot better that game with that. And he did fairly well the second half of Tennessee doing the same thing. But – like in Arkansas, he done great the first half. And then the second half he had, he was like throwing a ball to the hot dog guy on a 10 yard route to the sideline. And it's like, dude, what are you doing? And I, I'm not trying to disagree with you, Trevor, but the play calling, it's not just lack of execution. It's like he goes out, lines up in shotgun. It's like NCAA football halfback dive from shotgun right up the middle that's the extent of our running game and it's embarrassing we've got top running backs at Alabama and the best thing we can do with them is a dive play in the a gap out of shotgun it's it's just awful and I don't understand the play calling we have so many athletes there and we run the same three or four run plays it's I don't understand it. I don't understand why we don't go to pistol. I don't understand why we're not under center at all. We've went for it on fourth down a couple of times with inches where we take the snap from shotgun. You're already starting five yards back on a fourth and inch, and that makes it fourth and five right off the bat. So there's a lot of stuff that we do that I just I don't understand, and that's why I'm I'm very critical of a lot of the things that are happening down there, and I think it's justified. Yeah, <clears throat> excuse me. Yeah, I, I think I, I still have concerns about Alabama. I'm going to get back into that real quick. I just had one more point I want to make about the Virginia Tech-Louisville game uh, that I found interesting was this is really kind of a battle for the ACC uh, coming up. I know Florida State is leading, but uh, Virginia Tech and Louisville are both tied in conference play in, in their ranks, so. I just thought that was kind of interesting. Puts a little more pressure on the game. Uh, back to the Alabama game, though. Yeah, play calling, I I haven't minded it. But, I, it's again, it's, I feel like more execution side of it with 
with Milrow and in his passing, you know, ability on the outside, you know, moving the sticks. Uh, and this is a game that's third downs are going to matter a lot. And when you look at third down conversion rate, you know who number one is, and that's LSU. Their offense is very good, and they can score with anybody. Uh, however, you know, for week one, they like ran out of gas, it, it seemed. Uh, they had some chances late in the third to to maybe get close, but then, you know, they, they floundered there, and the defense just couldn't hold up. So this is one that I'm, I'm looking at, third down conversion rate. Uh, this is going to be the best defense that, uh, you know, LSU has played outside of Florida State. I think Florida State and Bama are kind of comparable on defensively. I, I'd probably give the edge to Flor- to uh, Alabama being stronger on defense. Uh, but this, again, this is a chance for Jaden Daniels to have a Heisman moment here against the top defense and see if, if he can move the ball the way that he's done in all these other games that watch out for him, uh, you know, to win, to win the award. Cause he's had a really good season. Um, also, you know, Bama on this one, I, I think they really need to establish that run early. They've got to get the ground game going. You see how the second half last week, or, uh, excuse me, the week before as at a bye week but, uh, they got the ground game going late and it started working. They started getting some movement. The sticks were moving. Pressure was taken off Milrow. If they go out there and just try to go, you know, toe to toe thrown against LSU, I don't think it's going to work. They got to lean on that run game. And then uh, how will LSU's defense go up against the, the Bama D line or O line, excuse me. Uh, Cause Bama's offensive line has had struggles. Everybody's seen it. Uh, from the center, the the left tackle, he's had some problems. Uh, so can this LSU defense get pressure? And we've seen LSU's defense give up a lot of points too. So it, this is going to be a funky game, though. I I don't know if I trust Milton enough to go toe to toe scoring, but that Bama defense is stout, so they might keep LSU in check. And that's that's what it's going to come down to, really, is pressure versus Bama. Uh, from from LSU, and then how Jaden Daniels handles himself against a, a really strong defense, one of the top in the country. Well, Alabama really struggles at containing mobile quarterbacks, too. Well, we've had our moments where we've held them in check, but if you just look back at Saban since he's been at Bama, most of our games that we do lose are at the hands of a mobile quarterback. Johnny Menzel, Cam Newton, Tim Tebow, um, and Hendon Hooker wasn't really much of a runner, but he had some against us. Uh, Daniels last year, he ran for, I think he hit a hundred or right at a hundred yards, beat Bama. Um, so we, we struggle in that aspect and we, under Pete Golding, his recruiting plan was to recruit smaller, faster linebackers. Cause that was a lot of the issue. Saban had always went after these, 6'3", 6'4", 250 to 260 pound linebackers. And now we're getting players like Dallas Turner who are still stout, but they're a little smaller, a little quicker. And it has made a big difference against teams that run the RPO. But then you run into teams like LSU who runs it damn near to perfection. And it's, it's a very difficult offense to stop. But if Bama can limit LSU, if we can make it a one-dimensional running attack and where the only run threat is Daniels, then I think we have a chance. But if we're 
letting the running back take off on us, Daniels take off on us, and giving up those deep balls, Bama's in trouble. And I, I am very – this is the game that I'm most worried about on the remainder of our season. Yeah, I agree with you here because you, you look at the schedule and you know who they've played you know from the get-go. The best team overall that they've played, Texas, they did lose to. And I know that was early season teams work out a lot of kinks. But then you look Ole Miss, I'd say they're a pretty balanced team. They've got a solid offense, decent defense. So Bama did good on that that game, getting that win there. But then Mississippi State, they're they're not good. Texas A&M, they've got a very strong defense up front, but their pass, their secondary is horrible. Uh, solid offense. So, you know, that's kind of a more balanced team they've played, and it was a tight game. Uh, though there were some blown calls on that one. Probably should have been a little bit bigger uh, win for, for Bama on that. Arkansas, again, they're, they're just a mixed bag team. You know, I, I don't really trust them. And that was a tight one. Tennessee, strong on defense at times but they got Joe Milton at quarterback. So this is one LSU is the most balanced team across the board since Texas. So this is huge for them. After that, Kentucky, they're no threat unless Leary's figured out how to throw. And I I think, I don't, I don't think that's, (laughs) that's really happened. And then Chattanooga. And then there is always a toss up with Auburn at the end, but Auburn really hasn't looked that good this season either. So this is huge for, for Alabama. This is huge for the SEC race. I mean, there's, you know, LSU, Ole Miss, and Bama are all stacked there just waiting to see what's, what's happening with this game. Uh, we're we're going to find out a lot, you know, for this SEC West race. And then uh, talking about SEC West, too, and, and Ole Miss, uh, might as well just go ahead and knock them off here and talk about their game with Texas A&M. And this one, it's, it's a three-point favorite for Ole Miss. At Ole Miss, you know, in Oxford. But Texas A&M, they're, they're not a bad team, you know, totally. They're, they're, not, they're not bad at all. They've got the best, you know, rush defense in the country. They get the most sacks. Uh, their offense hasn't been bad. But that pass defense, that's, that's their, their Achilles heel. And Jackson Dart's a good quarterback, too. So if he can just weather the storm of the pressure – He's got a chance to knock them off and also to be sitting there waiting for, you know, Alabama or LSU to make a mistake. And uh, maybe Ole Miss gets right back into that, you know, SEC West conversation for the lead. Well, as far as uh, this game goes, um, I don't really feel like talking about Texas A&M. We're going to just talk about (laughs) – we're just talking about good Ole Miss. And how much I really do like Jackson Dart and the way they play their offense. I, I, I just – I truly think that they're going to overpower Texas a and in just about every facet of the game. I think that, obviously, I'm never going to count – completely count out an SEC team. I feel like that's just – unless it's Vanderbilt, um, I try not to count them out. I give them some of the benefit of the doubt. But in this particular case, I just think that Ole Miss is uh, – well, I'm giving away my pick, but um, I I just feel like Ole Miss is just a little bit too overpowering for a Texas A&M team that really doesn't have much of an identity right now. Yeah, I think we already know your pick on this one, buddy. <laughs> Shocker, right? <laughs> Maybe. Stay tuned, folks. <laughs> Stay tuned. <laughs> yeah, if, if Texas A&M can just slow down that run game for Ole Miss – 
that's the only hope they really have to be in this game. Because if, if Ole Miss is able to air it out and establish a running game, I just don't see much of a chance for A&M being able to keep up scoring. Their offense has looked okay at times. I just I don't feel that they're a team that can week in and week out go put 30, 40 points up, and Ole Miss can. If you look at Ole Miss's loss to Bama, that was what Bama did. I think we held them to like 60, 60 or so rushing yards. And, you know, you see the result. Everybody else, they've been, you know, LSU gave up a lot to Ole Miss. They went out and dominated the ground game against everybody they played. Uh, Dart, he is an above average quarterback, but not elite. You know, he's good enough to lead his team to win big games. But I haven't really seen him in a clutch situation where the game is on the line and he has to go down and win it. But this could be one of those games that he has to do that, especially if uh, A&M is able to limit Ole Miss's run game. Yeah, I, I think Dart, obviously the, the game against LSU was his best one. I, I worry about Ole Miss still at times because I think if Pratt was playing for Tulane, I think Tulane would have beat Ole Miss. I, I still have questions about this team. Judkins is obviously a very talented running back, but I think, like Blake said, if you can lock down that run and force him to be uh, – force Dart to be, you know, completely accurate and, you know, clutch, I don't know if, if he can do that against an elite defense. Not saying Texas A&M is an elite defense at all. Uh, now, if they had a better secondary, they'd be up in that in that conversation, but – uh, he's just got to find open receivers and really, again, weather that storm of the of the pass rush. Uh, so, yeah, we'll we'll see how he does on this. But I, I I still worry about that offense as well for Texas A&M, and I, I feel like if they still had Wigman, it'd be a it'd be another story. Not saying Max Johnson's horrible or what, but this team felt different early to me with uh, with Wigman playing. Um, Another one, let, let's just go ahead and stay in the SEC because why not? I mean, we're, we're knocking them all off right here. Huge one in the East is um, number 12, Missouri at UGA. Uh, number two, Georgia, obviously. Uh, they're going to be a little salty with that number two ranking. Um, yeah, they're going to be a little salty with that number two ranking here. Uh, that, that's a chip on the shoulder for for Kirby smart. He loves to find some excuse to say that they're doubted. And uh, obviously they're number two now. So they're, they're feeling disrespected. You know, they're, they're pulling an old Mark D'Antonio thing here, uh, getting that disrespect. Uh, so we'll, we'll see that this is going to be a fired up Georgia team, obviously still missing Bowers. And this is the best team that they've faced all year. Mizzou is not somebody to, to mess around with. Uh, They've they've obviously gone toe to toe with you know the offensive LSU, yeah they they did come up short on that but it was a very close game. Uh, I, I like Missouri a lot. I think they've got a talented quarterback play, something that Georgia has not faced yet this year. Uh, you look at anybody that they played, poor quarterback play. Um, so man, th- this is this is going to be uh, it's Graham Mertz maybe he's he's been doing better. Uh, but but still, when it comes down to it, this is this is it. This is the big one, and uh, I'm excited to see how this one plays out. I think it's going to be a slugfest. I know the line's 15 and a half points for Georgia, but I, keeping it close. 
if I was picking against the spread, I would take Missouri in this game for sure because they they do have a really good offense and they're very balanced. And uh, Cook, he's a good quarterback. In Georgia, this is not the Georgia of years past. Teams are actually able to move the football against them. However, it is still Georgia and it is still Kirby Smart. And I have a lot of faith in that guy. He always has his players in the right mindset where they need to be. They make very little mistakes. You know, I this is one of the games that I think has a likelihood of being an upset. But I still trust Georgia, and I still think Georgia's a good football team, and that's probably who I would pick. But like I said, if it was against the spread, I'd take Missouri all day, and I would not wake up shocked to know that Missouri won this game. Yeah, um, yeah, I, I don't disagree with you that it would not be a complete shock if there was a, a Missouri win uh, coming when we wake up the next day or whatever by the time the fourth quarter is over. But, um, but like you said, I mean, I have a ton of faith in uh, Kirby Smart and UGA, and I trust my eye, the eye test. What, what, take take what you will from it. You may not like the way I do things, but I still believe that what I see on the field, even though I'm not a big fan of Beck, I still think that he is a very much a a very decent quarterback, and. I just – I think at the end of the day, there's going to be too much to handle. But that being said, this is a game that's probably sneaky close, meaning that I just don't think that I – don't, I don't know about everybody else, but I know that from talking to everybody is that Mizzou is one of them teams where you're just not sure if they can knock off the big dogs. Um, they play great. They've played great against most of their opponents this year. But this is the first time that we're going to see them against, I would consider, the upper echelon of talent in the college football world. I mean, there's probably only, I don't know, what do you guys think? Maybe like six teams that you can kind of consider that into upper echelon or top-tier NCAA football uh, college player status. I feel like there's about six, maybe seven teams that can be quali- like put into that category. And outside of that. the top eight right now. You think the top, the top eight? eight? You think yeah. you would put the top eight in as far as the elite of the college football world? For this particular season, I would say the top eight. But if you're just talking like as a whole. I'm just talking like recently. I test yeah. pure talent on both sides of the ball. Yeah, I would say like Georgia, Michigan, Ohio State, Bama, Florida State, Texas. Yeah. Oregon, Washington. Uh, yeah, probably Oregon and Washington. So yeah, about that. Yeah, I'd say about eight teams. Yeah. So yeah, that's this this is when we're gonna find out who Mizzou really is. And can they stand up to it? Um, if it's a close game, I call that still a win for Mizzou. I think if they if they like lose by three points or something like that, that's a monumental task for a, a, a Mizzou team that before this year, nobody, not everybody was 100% all in on them being a solid team. But to to their credit, they are playing phenomenal ball, phenomenal ball. If it wasn't in Athens, I would probably take Missouri in this game. I would feel a lot more comfortable with them. But I just think it's going to be very difficult to go on the road and play a fired-up Georgia team who, after 
handily beating Florida with everybody was doubting them. You know, when Brock Bowers went down, I, I heard a lot of media saying they're done. It's going to be very difficult for Georgia to finish out the season undefeated without him. And what's his name? McConkey. Yeah. You know, the honky McConkey. And he, <laughs> what he went for like 135. You know, he, he come out yeah. and, I mean, he played a hell of a game. So, you know, Carson Beck, he's not a bad quarterback. You know, I pointed it out a few weeks ago. He's like fifth or sixth in passer efficiency. He's been very accurate with the football. He doesn't turn it over a lot. He does make good decisions. It just looks a lot different this year because they are a different team. Yeah, with with this one, again, it's who's Georgia's played and uh, most complete team right now is going to be this Missouri game. Uh, Luther Burden's a beast out wide as well for, for Missouri. I mean, this guy's Blitnikoff, you know, award watch list. You know, he's a beast. Um, offense, defense, they're, they're solid across the board. They've beaten a good Kansas State team. They went to the wire against LSU, which is a good team. So, uh, I, I again, just watch out for this one. Uh, when you look at games and stats, I always look at third down completion percentages. I look at, you know, sack rate, look at total, you know, offense, defense. When it comes to defensive third down rate, Georgia's number one in the country right now in stopping third downs. And and that's huge. And that's going to be big in this game. Uh, sack rate, though, Missouri's up there. Uh, you're, they're, they're in the top 25, I believe, in, in sack rate. And uh, Georgia's not. So this this is one I'm really curious to see if that that defense can get pressure against a strong offensive line and, and force Beck to you know to make some throws that he's not comfortable making because right now he really hasn't faced a defense that's you know scary enough. When you look at UT Martin, Ball State, South Carolina, UAB, Auburn, Kentucky, Kentucky's not bad defense, but just not. Not the level of Missouri, Vanderbilt, and then Florida. We we've seen them get shredded uh, time and again this year. So this this one I'm I'm really really watching here. I again, if this was at Missouri, I think I'd feel a little bit different about this matchup. Um, it's, it's gonna I still think it's gonna be very close. Uh, another game though, we talked about teams that were on the rise earlier. We mentioned Oklahoma State. Let's go ahead and get into this one. I, I we got a big battle out, you know, and, you know, out here west and uh, old Bedlam. This is the last one they're doing, uh, you know, with the Oklahoma going to the SEC and Oklahoma State's on the rise. They've they've been playing really good lately. They got a lot on the line here, man. So this is a story of trends. Oklahoma kind of on a downtrend. Oklahoma State trending up. Oklahoma's five and a half point favorites. We got, you know, Dylan Gabriel's obviously, I think, the better quarterback of the two. But Bowman hadn't been playing bad. And then Ollie Gordon's a, a beast at running back. So that, this one has a recipe for major upset and uh, and bragging rights for a long time for Oklahoma mm, State. Or OU just stomps, curb stomps them all the way to back, back to wherever they want to go. Because this – Look, if I was OU in their position after having everything that happened to them, I'd be coming out with wanting to straight murder Oakie State. 
Um, and I feel like OU players are going to be extra motivated to do this against Okie State in Stillwater. I just <laughs> I feel like that is going to happen. Um, especially the game that uh, Dylan Gabriel had last week. Like, I expect him to be just ready to sling it everywhere and run all over Okie State. I I personally am not – I am unlike my other two counterparts where I've kind of bought I, – I have not bought into the Okie State hype. I do not think they are anywhere near what people sit, seem to think they are. I think they caught a little lightning in the bottle, but it, it's starting to go away. The the sunlight's starting to come up, and the lightning bugs are starting to go hibernate over while the while daylight's coming, and it's in the in, in the form of a sooner. What an analogy! <laughs> lightning bugs and sooners. It was it, uh, it was actually really terrible, but it works. I'm gonna go with it. Do they hibernate? Hell, no, if they I know. die. Hell, if I know. <laughs> I think they just die. I think they're seasonal bugs. Hell, I don't blame well, you. Them. Mean they, they don't die? <laughs> lightning bugs do not die every night. They have to go sleep somewhere while the sunlight's out. Come on now. Well, you want to talk about a seasonal bug? Let's talk about Oklahoma a little bit. They, uh, I expected them to do what you're saying they're going to do to Kansas after their embarrassing performance against Central Florida, and that just didn't work out. <clears throat> Kansas ran the ball all over them. And now they're going up against a team that has a running back who I think should be considered part of the Heisman race. He is a lights out running back, very physical running back. I can't say enough about the guy, but Oklahoma is still a good football team. They did beat Texas, but I have said I'm on record saying it. I think that was a fluke. Texas wins that game nine out of 10 times. I'm just not that impressed with Oklahoma after their performance against Central Florida and the way they played against Kansas. And I think this is a trap game for Brent Venables. See, I, I, I would agree with you technically, but we're still talking about Okie State, who's been like the the freaking crap stain of the Big 12 this year. Hey, now their coach had a mullet for years. He might even still have it. Yeah, know. I'm pretty sure he still rocks it. In fact, I think it's more business at the front party in the back, even more so yeah. now this now than it was before. He looks like he would be the general manager of a Shoney's that's on the inside <laughs> of a La Quinta Inn. I was going to say Dollar General, but that works too. Either oh, one. But, you know, the, he's a man, Quinta, he's 40, man. and he's going to impose his will. Hey, I'm telling you, this, this team – I know they, they lost to South Alabama. I got that. They lost to Iowa State. I, I got it. And Iowa State's a funky team, too. And we're going to talk about them when I get to my, my gridlock here because I'm a little shocked about this. But they fired off. Yeah, Oklahoma State had these two straight losses. They did beat Arizona State, Central Arkansas early. But they were flipping around with quarterbacks. After Iowa State – they got into just rolling with Bowman. They lost that game 34-27. And then they played Kansas State. And they beat them. And that's when I was like, oh, maybe Kansas State's, you know, just completely trashed too. And then they beat Kansas. Oklahoma State did. Okay. That's two straight pretty solid teams there. And then they beat West Virginia, who's not great, uh, especially defensively, but they're not bad either. 
and then they blew out Cincinnati. So I don't know, man. I this has to me the feeling. I get what you're saying, Trevor, about Oklahoma. I definitely think they they could they should come out fired up. I'd be pissed personally. You have everything in front of you. You lose to a backup, you know, quarterback named Bean. You know, come on. Uh, the got tore <laughs> up by a quarterback named Bean. Yeah, shredded on the ground for sure. Uh, so I don't know, man. I I've got a feeling on this one though. Uh, I, again, five and a half point spread. It's at Oklahoma State. Watch out! Watch out! We might be calling it. We like you said, upset week. I'm calling it. There's going to be a bunch. Just wait till my picks. You're gonna. You're not going to be shocked, but maybe you will be. I don't know. We're all uh, going three and seven this week. Oh yeah, it's going to be bad. <laughs> it's going to be bad. It's going to be my worst oh, week. <laughs> no, I, Daddy, I'm winning them all. So <laughs> I've almost called myself. Daddy on the mic, but yeah, I just you did. did. So. I, you said it. You said it. <laughs> I'm, hey, I'm just going to double down. I'm going to just double down oh, the comeback man. kid. All right, either way. Uh, <laughs> Notre Dame Notre Dame at Clemson. Uh, Notre Dame's three-point favorites. Upset alert. Watch out. Watch out. I'm saying it right now. Notre Dame better be ready. Okay, this, this is a game. Dabo is not happy. We've talked about him. He's an angry elf right now. He's a South Pole elf currently. Uh, it's not even Christmas time yet. And he's, you know, he's throwing out, you know, talking about, uh, you know, the old Testament and, you know, giving an old Testament reaction. So fire and brimstone is coming to, uh, to Notre Dame pretty soon. It it sounds like, I mean, this is one quarterbacks have been shaky of late. Even Sam Hartman hasn't been great the last couple of games. Uh, so I mean, yeah, they, they've annihilated Pittsburgh, you know, USC, uh, which they did, their defense did really good shutting that game down. But I don't know. This one just has a feeling to me. It's either Notre Dame might go out and blow the hell out of them, but it, it feels like it's going to be very close. Um, yeah, the defenses, when you talk about defense, you have the sixth-ranked defense in Notre Dame versus the 11th-ranked defense in Clemson, which kind of surprised me. But Clemson's – they've got strong players. They're a very talented team. It's just putting it together and, and finishing in the red zone. That's where they've been the weakest at is uh, fumbling in the red zone. I think it's like five or six attempts, no points uh, because of turnovers. Yeah, turnovers are Clemson's problem. But if they can correct that, we've said it every week, and they have yet to do it. But Notre Dame does not play well on the road, and that's in Clemson's favor because Death Valley is a difficult place to play. But – it is Clemson. This Clemson. So, I mean, I I don't know what I'm going to get. I don't even know how to pick this game because Sam Hartman, he's been very inconsistent this year. Klubnik, I don't even know if you can use the word inconsistent to describe him. He's been very, very awful this year. Uh, Will Shipley, he's hit or miss. He was really good in the beginning of the season, but – the last few weeks, he's just – Clemson has fallen off on a lot of aspects of their game, and it's just not typical of, of Dabo. But he's been regressing, I think, since like 2019. Uh, when they lost Trevor Lawrence, they've just, you know, downhill. They're a downhill team. And they're reaching the bottom, and they're about to crash and burn. I'll tell you what, man. Like, when when it comes to Clemson, I, I'll – Man, dude, this game is going to be a game where it's, I don't know what better word 
you can describe it as it's crap and junk all in the same, you know, it's just, you know, it's a team in Notre Dame that, yeah, they got Sam Hartman. They underutilized the crap out of the guy. He clearly came from a program that knew how to use his arm. Now this team wants to suppress that same talent that they brought in, which I don't know. I think at the beginning of the season, all of us kind of made the assumption that they brought Sam Hartman in to really open up their passing game, um, which has not really been the case. I think there's been like two games where they've really let him loose as far as like just slinging the ball everywhere. And then they just the past few weeks, they just dialed it back. And as far as Clemson goes, uh, Blake, I'm sorry, Will Shipley, he's a he is a slot receiver trying to play running back. That that is the most ridiculously look that's the most ridiculous looking backfield I've ever seen in a college backfield. That is retarded in, in some ways. Club me in the face. That backfield is stupid. <laughs> oh man. We don't use the R word on this show. <laughs> I'm just kidding. That's okay, the most retarded redundant. thing I've ever it's said. It's redundant. <laughs> no, he is. Re- he does look retarded. I'll give you that. <laughs> I'll tell you what. I mean, like, man, it's whatever. Uh, Clemson's. I think really right now, what we are seeing with Clemson is that this is the holes that we all thought would eventually start happening when they weren't recruiting well weren't getting anybody refused to be a part of the transfer portal. Um, and I, I just think the holes are really starting to become blatantly obvious. Their skill position players just aren't what you're used to seeing from Clemson. I mean, I guess in some ways the college football world has been spoiled by the Clemson, by the, the, the plethora of quarterbacks they've had over the past six to eight years. Um, so I – I just think that we're seeing a, a fall off, but I just think it's because they haven't recruited well and haven't filled the holes that you see other teams utilizing the transfer transfer portal for. Well, it's definitely not lack of interest because there's been plenty of players that have shown interest in transferring to Clemson. Dabo just will not take them, and that's his own fault, and this is the product you get when it's either keep up or fall behind. You know, it's a lot like our pick'em, and Dabo Sweeney is like the comeback kid of college football right now, and it's he's just not making good decisions. <laughs> well, uh, you know, the comeback kid's going to make a big, uh, big move this week. I'll tell you that. And I hope uh, you do, dude. I really do. I was talking about Dabo. You know, you know, he's he's making a big move this time. I hope uh, he don't. He looks like a vulture. <laughs> he isn't. You know, I. Not a lot of substantial evidence maybe out there, but we all know that before the NIL, there's been some shady recruiting tactics. And let's not pretend that Clemson was a world beater before he got there. Okay. Out of now, listen, this guy out of nowhere takes Clemson to relevance. It took time. Okay. I will say that with him. It took some time and he built something good. But now he's complaining about the NIL, he's complaining about transfer portal. And now look what Clemson, Clemson's starting to fall off. To me, there's a little correlation there. He can't do what he's been doing. Now look what's happening. All right? It's a little funky to me. I don't know. Keep an eye out for, for moving forward. If he doesn't adapt because he's so you know salty about not being able to recruit the way he's been, watch out. 
Watch out, Clemson. But uh, I still, I mean, they're still a talented team. It's just they're, they've got holes, and you know, to plug it now going forward, you got to use that transfer portal, man. Good teams are going to use it the right way. Uh, so watch out, Clemson. Figure it out. Otherwise, you're done for. You're going back to irrelevance, uh, like you were irrelevant before Dabo got there. Uh, <laughs> any, anything else on this game, boys? All right, let's drive on. I uh, believe our last one. Let me double check here. Yeah, it's definitely yeah. our last one. It's probably the one I just like, whatever. We already know what that's going to happen. So, I mean, it's just like, whatever. Kansas State, number 23, <laughs> Kansas State at number seven, Texas. Texas is only four point favorites here. <laughs> I don't know how that's even possible. Oh, wait. Ewers isn't playing. Even though the yep. kid that's playing behind him <laughs> happens to be pretty darn good. He's a ta- he's physically talented. I don't know. Oh, I'm worried God. about him passing though when it comes down to it. Yeah, he it's wasn't not gonna matter. Super it's Kansas impressive. State. Kansas State's coming on though. They're they're picking up steam the past few weeks. I mean, they shut down TCU who had a really good offense. I'm I'm and, pandering a little bit. I'm just trying to get some get some of our friend buddies going. But I mean I yeah, think Kansas Kansas State's quite good, but they are just no. Not against Texas. I don't know, man. I, I feel like this is... That's where uh, you're wrong, kiddo. <laughs> I'm not saying it's my pick yet, but this is a this is definitely a spot, if I'm Kansas State, where I want Texas. You know, mm-hmm. it, it is a road game, sure, but when you're without your starting quarterback, the, the thing I don't like is the dual quarterback system that Kansas State has been using. It's, a terrible, it's worked against terrible TCU, thing. but... Texas is a different beast on defense. Mm-hmm. I don't know how that's going to play out. Uh, Will Howard, I expected more out of him on the season. He's kind of been like KJ Jefferson, just a little bit of a letdown. Uh, he's not looking how he, how he has it in the past. But I don't know. I feel like this is one of those gut feeling games I've got about Kansas State. But I don't know. I, I still think Texas defense is a little too much for him. And even with Ewers being out, I still think Texas can put 28, 24 to 28 points up. And I don't know that Kansas State can do that. So I know transitive property doesn't matter in, in football much. Uh, you can look at things like, um, who was it? Louisville lost to Pitt, but uh, Louisville's playing. Uh, who the hell are they playing this week? I know we just talked about them. Let me pull it up. Um Where's it at? Virginia Tech. And guess who Virginia Tech beat this year? Pittsburgh. So, stop. you know, it's just one of those things. Just stop. It doesn't, I'm just saying, <laughs> transitive property, it doesn't really matter. It doesn't, you know, each week is different. But you can still take some some hints, you know, from, from games. And Texas, they went toe-to-toe with Houston. Kansas State just beat the hell out of Houston, 41 nothing. All right? Kansas State was a field goal away from beating Missouri. Okay, they're not a bad team at all. This is a good Kansas State team. They lost to Oklahoma State, who is coming up. So Texas is on upset alert. They need to watch out. I'm worried about if they have to get into a passing battle, how will Murphy handle it? Uh, I, obviously, this Texas team is still very talented across the board. Xavier Worthy's damn good receiver outside. Brooks is a very good running back, too, for them. So they're going to have to lean on this run game. They're going to have to lean on that strong defense. But I, I think it's going to be very tight, and uh, I would not be shocked 
if uh, Kansas State comes in here, knocks them off, and uh, they might be leading the Big 12 at the end of tomorrow, or excuse me, at the end of Saturday. I feel like I'm ready for football already. It's only Tuesday or Wednesday, whatever the hell Speaking day it is. Speaking of leading, this is the week that I take the take the take the reins and I take the lead because I'm going to go against everything Blake says <laughs> and picks on. I'm ready to do our picks, man. I'm ready. I'm to not 100, but I think I could miss every game and still be in the lead. You're probably right? right. You're probably right. I don't. I, I, I think I, I have like that. a 10 or 12 game lead. <laughs> I might yeah. be wrong on that. I would I have to remember. get. I would have to pick everyone opposite of you, and you to get them all wrong, and I get them all right to for me to even come close to time, catching up to you. I'm fairly certain. My gosh. Well, I just said it, but my mic was paused, so uh, my apologies. But here is the uh, the records for the year because it's closer than you think, uh, Blake. Don't don't get too ahead of yourself, buddy. I'm 47 and 40. Trevor is 49 and 38, and Blake is 54 and 33. So, I mean, you a little know, closer than I I thought. Seven game lead. Yeah, so I mean, you know, it's it, it's possible. I still anything got plenty. I got still plenty of time to make, make up ground. I, I, I just literally gotta... miss every pick this week. This is one of those weeks, man. Yeah, this is one of those weeks where there's uh there's. Probably fifty percent of the games could go either way. Well, let's just let's just dig in, boys. Uh, let's do it. Know. Let's get these picks on. Let's get just, it on. Just Texas, Kansas State. Who you got? I'm going to take Texas. Mm. I am I also going to take Texas. I'm not going away from Texas. I'm just I trust that defense. There ain't no way. There ain't no way. KSU, baby, they get oh. the dub. Yeah, oh. I like. Hey, I like the pick. I really do. I, I mean, hey, I don't hate that pick, but no, it can for sure happen. I'm telling you, upset weekend right here. It's happening. All right, we've been waiting all year. Chaos inbound. All right, Brendan, give us our next Texas one. What's A&M. what we got next? Texas A&M, Ole Miss. Ooh, I have Texas A&M. Oh, snap. and I have Ole Miss. <sighs> yeah, Ole I Miss think A&M's defense is going to show up. I. This this is one that I'm picking so many upsets. I've got to I've got to pick one favorite in here somewhere, and I'm going with Ole Miss. <laughs> Jimbo's fighting for his job. That's Jimbo. Don't give a rat's butt. He's got so many buyout clauses. It's ridiculous in that. I, I think he likes where he's at, though. I really do. I feel so. I, I, he probably does like where he's at because everyone in College Station loves to freaking just throw money at everything. So, I mean, he loves <laughs> money. He's like Mr. Krabs, man. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) Please don't ever do that again. I thought it was pretty good. (laughs) Well, you know what? Six out of ten. Six out of ten. Well, hey, I was expecting a seven, so we'll we'll go from there. Um, We're going to go Notre Dame Clemson next. What you guys got? I'm going to take the luck of the Irish and roll with Notre Dame. You had me thinking otherwise, man. Oh, man, yeah. I thought you were going the other way. But I, I, you know what? Because I don't really give a rat – like this one, for me, they're both trash. So I'm going to go with the better of the trash, I feel like, just because I like their jerseys. I'm going to do a Brendan pick. I'm going to go with Clemson because I like their jerseys. Oh. I was expecting Notre Dame. I'm going Clemson as well. I don't know. I've just got a feeling on this game. I don't Probably have a wrong. feeling. <laughs> Probably wrong. Um 
But I just I've got to say, there's a lot of rats' asses going around in this uh, this time frame <laughs> with Trevor throwing that out. <laughs> so uh, I mean, I'm curious to see if if he has any left to give for the uh, Virginia Tech in Louisville. <laughs> Not particularly, but I'm going to stick with my dark horse. I'll tell you that much. Louisville all the way, man. Yep. I will also go with Louisville. Yeah, I got Louisville winning this. Figures. Hey, th- this one, I, it's. I mean, it could happen, but uh, if they show up like they did against Pitt, uh, Oklahoma, Okie State. This is one of the Bad upsets month. I'm taking, and I am taking Okie Light, and I will take Okie Heavy. <laughs> I'm going Okie State. This this is going to be a big. This is a huge weekend for our pickums, man. Goodness, uh, Missouri UGA. I'm going to go with Georgia. Good because I really I, wanted to pick Missouri, and I'm going to go pick Missouri because I, I just think that they got they got something cooking. And, I think they do too. I really, I think they're going to be prepared and ready for this game. I really do. But Georgia at home, I just think it's hard to pick against Kirby. It's a tough pick to pick Mizzou to go into, yeah, Athens and just get a win. That's that's a tough ask for any team. I do not like the fifteen point spread on the game. That's what makes me think. I mean, that's almost it's a shoe in. Like I don't have any question. It's almost like. It's too much of a like a fly it's trap a for the yeah. It's like oh here pick Georgia please, yeah. But I don't know it, it, I, that would sh- shake up college football. Uh, yeah, mm. yeah, I would because that would but, immediately put Mizzou in the driver's seat of going to the championship game instead of Georgia, right? Yeah, in the they, East, they'd yeah. Be in the league yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I mean. Yeah. I mean, they yeah. would take essentially if yeah. they could win out. If they beat UGA, they could walk right into the championship and keep UGA out of it. Yep. Yeah, so, I'm going with Georgia, uh, but I, it's going to be very close. I, I really want to pick Missouri because I think they can do it. I'll uh, be cheering but, for them. Oh, absolutely. Uh, for me, though, I've picked so many upsets already. <laughs> I've got to, I've got to pick some favorites here. So that's why I'm, I'm going. You got with a few Ole more games to go. Got, you got, you got time to make it up. Shit. All right, let's let's go on Washington USC here. I think we all are in agreement on this one. There ain't no way in hell I'm picking the Trojans. I don't know, Blake. Blake's got that look. He's got he's got the look. Oh, he's he's he's, he's on that board. He's on board with drafting Caleb Williams number one overall. No, it's not that. <laughs> it's Washington. They got up for that Oregon game. They did struggle early with Arizona. They struggled with Arizona State. They've struggled with uh, was it Cal? Yeah, they, you know they've had a lot of struggles this season, and I don't feel that USC is a team that you can mess around and struggle with because they can put points up. I just don't mm-hmm. know that it's enough. <sighs> I just don't think their defense is going to be able to stop Penix. Even even a hobbled Penix is better than anything that the yeah, USC defense can stop. I'm going to go Washington. A hobbled Penix. It's you know get a pill for him. You know maybe get him fixed up. Uh, so we got everybody going Washington here. 
The more you know, tr- you know, Blake. The more you talked about it, the more I'm like, God, I, I know it's a. T- I'm, I'm this really thing- telling you, the, this whole this game week- is for real. Like, I mean, USC has all the tools technically to, yes, run play with a Washington team, hands down. You know what? Put me on USC. I'm, I'm gonna do it. <laughs> I'm gonna take them. There it is. They're gonna. They're about to shake up the Pac-12. Yeah, uh, I think I think all there's right. two. I think Mizzou and maybe. USC are going to shake it back up. Yeah, give me, give we, me USC. We could see mass chaos this weekend. And, mass uh, hysteria where Michigan and Ohio State are one and two going into November twenty fifth. <laughs> yeah, I, geez, I don't, I don't know, I don't know what's going to happen. But we got LSU, Bama on the uh, docket. What's, what's happening here? I've never picked against Alabama before, and you're not going to start now, right? <laughs> I feel like it's a trap game, man. I really do. Oh, a hundred percent is. But I'm I'm gonna stick with my team. But God, <laughs> I'm I'm really worried about it. I uh, I really I mean, think LSU's as as... probably gonna pull it off. But yeah. I'm I'm sticking with my team. I have faith in our defense, but I don't. I mean, it's it's hard to, to trust our offense to put up points. Look, when you get into the nitty-gritty of the SEC West, it is insanity how good all these teams are. But, I mean, with LSU-Alabama, it's like pick your poison. You got a good quarterback on one side, but he's going to be going against one of the best defenses in the country on the other side. So, this is one where I'm probably going to regret it, but I'm going to go LSU over Alabama to go into go in and go into Tuscaloosa and uh, escape with a win because I do mean escape. Like I'm talking like two two points. <laughs> like that is all that probably separates. And us I agree with you. Sadly, I'm just picking my team. I have to pick yeah. Bama. Yeah, I respect that, and I've got LSU in this one, but I think it's going to be very close. And uh, just because that Bama defense, yeah, I, I'm, I'm going to stick with LSU here. But last team with the ball, I think, is going to get the win. And uh, I, I, I do worry, though, about that Bama offense being able to drive down late. So, I don't know. We'll see. I, I got LSU, though. Uh, Oregon State, Colorado. Beavers. There's not much to talk about here. Give me the Beavs for the win. Yeah, I'm going Beavs too here. Last one, UCLA, Arizona. <sighs> this is the one, man. It's like <laughs> I need to know who's starting at quarterback for Arizona to make my pick. Like I need to know. <laughs> <laughs> there's no way uh, they don't start Fafita. There's oh, no there's way. There's definitely a way. There's a there way. There's definitely man. a way. <laughs> I've seen there's it. No way. I have seen it happen. <laughs> But we all have. We all have seen a better quarterback get sat for someone that it was already a starter. It's happened just be, plenty. Just simply because he was originally the starter. <sighs> so, <laughs> man, if they don't start Fajita, uh, sorry, uh, Fafita, <laughs> I, I, I'm literally Fajita. trying to adopt Fajita as the guy's last name. Like, <laughs> good God bless. No, if he starts, I know I'm going to lose this. If he starts, I will. This game will be not UCLA's win. If he doesn't start, I think UCLA wins. So 
with that being said, I'm going to go with UCLA in a very close one. I'm going to stick with the hot team and just have faith that they're going to start him. I mean, it, they're retarded if they don't. Yep. I don't know why you would take out, you know, you don't put the candle out. Yep. You let it burn for as long as and it they're wants at to home. burn. Yep. It's just that UCLA defense is so good, but Arizona's hot right now and they're at home. So, yeah, I'll take I'll take Arizona. Yeah. You know what? I, I feel I'm, I'm with you on that too. I'm going Arizona. Late game, UCLA, uh, they do have a strong defense, but new quarterback against a hot team. I don't know. I'm going Arizona. Arizona. Guys, gonna watch it live. I, I oh, feel hell yeah. yeah. <laughs> Let's do it. Yeah. Guys, honestly, I feel like stream? I'm an idiot. I just I'm looked down. down at my paper and I just realized that other than three games, I have picked away teams in every single other <laughs> single <laughs> matchup. I'm like, yep, I'm an idiot. That, not, not necessarily, though, man. It's, this I'm telling you, this is a coin flip in every game this week. Oh, man. Every yeah. game. Yeah, I mean, look, I'm pick, I'm obviously I'm picking the team that I think will win. Not I'm not – I'm not really taking into a factor where they're at because one, there's only like two or three that would really, I feel like the, them going to this place would affect them playing. Like I don't think Oregon state going to Colorado is a tough environment to play in. I, I'm sorry. I just don't, especially with the way that Colorado's playing. I think it'll be like a half field stadium. Maybe. But, um, but like me picking LSU over Alabama, that's a tough pick for me because going into Tuscaloosa and getting a win is hard for just about any team to do. So, um, and you know, so I don't know. We'll see what that, we'll see how it all shakes out. Uh, my picks, I'm not, not exactly excited about them after I've realized that I've pretty much picked all the away teams, but. Um, I am excited to watch a lot of these matchups, man. These are this this is some really great ones. Speaking of great ones, by the way, let's start. Let's roll right into uh, y'all's gridlocks for the week. I've got a great pick for you on that one. Oh, do I'm you? Taking, do you? Yeah. Oh, I'm excited. Brendan, why don't you kick us off, man? What you got? The early bird gets the worm, baby. Call call Kansas. <laughs> they are yeah. underdogs. They are underdogs to. Iowa State, really? two and a half point. Yeah, they're two and a half point dogs. Even so with I'm the Beans' performance, man. Yeah. Even with the Beans' performance, they're underdogs. If, if they That's let crazy. me down here, I'm done with them. <laughs> I need a dang they win, won't. and this this feels like a surefire win to me. They won't. They won't. They won't let you down. The Beans got you. I mean, I've been his fan all year. You know. Yeah. Come on. Well, you took mine. I'm gonna pick a different one. I mean, I'm you gonna, take it to get those points, man. No, nah, I'm gonna. Uh, <laughs> I'm gonna pick a different one. Trevor, so who Trevor, you got? Okay, all right, I'll go. Who? Who? who Ku? They play Iowa State. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, well, my gridlock's a little more aggressive. I feel like only because I'm. I've been high on this team pretty much all season long, saying that they're probably the third best. Third best team in the uh, Big Ten. I don't think Penn State is as good as as advertised. So I am going to go with Maryland to go into Penn State and take them out officially. Holy. 
What's they, the spread uh, on Maryland that one? is an eight and a half point underdog. All right. That's a bold uh, one. It is a big one. It'd be a huge one. It'd be a <clears> big <throat> shakeup. It'd basically just leave two teams to fight it out. Yeah. I'm gonna go with Northwestern over Iowa. Okay. Oh, sticking it, keeping it in the Big Ten. I like it, buddy. What's the uh, spread? It's not much. Uh, five and a half. Okay. So still you get four points on it. Yeah. Nice. This is a game too, man. It's, I think, one of the lowest spreads in, or uh, over-unders in history. Uh, yeah. It was like a 30-point over-under. Yeah, 30. <laughs> so That's insane. Like, that is absolutely like, insane. Maybe a, a um, couple field goals and a defensive touchdown or a punt return, mm-hmm. and that's it. <laughs> I had another um, – I had Cincinnati also pulling the upset on Central Florida. Yeah. But I think I'm going to – That's an exciting Central game. Florida's like got a – they've got a really bad rush defense, and Cincinnati's one of the best in the nation running the football. And I think they're six-and-a-half-point underdogs. But – uh I think it's it's more interesting with Northwestern and Iowa. Yeah. No, I'm I'm excited to watch that one. It's a it's a you know mid off, but I I want to watch it. I, I think it'll be a fun matchup to see. Have our uh, Twitter friends for our little contest? Have they asked what a uh, player for the week and all? Uh, no, we put it on there, and uh, nobody had said anything really about it. Uh, or what? I guess, what else do you mean by that? Am I missing something? Our little thing we do every week where we pick the player. Oh, the uh, the kicking up a notch? No, with the with the other people on Twitter. Oh, oh, with, oh yeah, my bad. With college my bad. Fo- yeah. The fantasy uh, face-off. Yeah, yes, we actually need face-off. to pick that, and uh, we need to send that to them. We can do it live. Hell, might as well we're here. Yeah, and, let's uh, do it. This let's week, we are Brandon, doing. Why don't you give a little un- background, real quick, on what we're talking about, in case yeah, yeah, yeah. So somebody doesn't know. With our with our friends from uh, on Twitter, they're another football you know group uh, page called the Call CFB Good Guys. That's their their tag. Um, we started you know doing a little collaboration a couple weeks ago, doing a fantasy face off where we pick uh, you know kind of like going down the lit, the line on fantasy football. You have a quarterback, running back, wide receiver, tight end, defense. But we're just sticking to the skill positions and defense. And this week we're, we're picking an underdog defense. And uh, so that, that one, I'm, I'm like, this, this is going to be a tough pick this week. Uh, last two weeks we've won uh, because of Ollie and, uh, from Oregon, or for Oklahoma State. And then uh, who the hell did we pick the week before that? I can't remember. Uh, the one that I thought was a surefire win was when we picked Luther Burden to win, and uh, uh, we had Fafita. He had like two cat. Oh yeah, Fafita the week before yeah. the the flying Fajita. Uh, so yeah, we're two and one right now on it, and we've got a big one right here, boys. We we got to make a good pick on defense, underdog defense, who we think is going to put up the most points. I don't so think, sacks, uh, interceptions, yeah. uh, you know, tackle for loss. I think gets you some points. Uh, Texas A and M wouldn't be bad. Arizona wouldn't be bad because UCLA's I think Oregon offense. State would be a good pick. Oh wait, they're not an underdog. Never mind. Sorry, my bad. Yeah, okay. never mind. Never mind. It's all good. Let's see. Let's let me pull up the. I, I like Texas A and M because the sack rate they have is very they're, good. They're very good at stuffing the run tackles for loss. 
I'm worried about them putting up a lot of points against them, though, with that pass defense. Yeah, but Ole Miss, they're not they're – uh, not- they throw, but they're not elite at it. Uh, yeah. They're more of a run-based offense. Let me see. Let me pull up these other games. Let's see. ESPN games. All right, guys, we're doing this live, so yeah, you're, we are doing going this through Sorry, this. With I'm looking us. at all the games and seeing if yeah, there's anything that sticks out to me. We're going through the list of games here, looking at spreads, trying to see uh, yeah. Arkansas against Florida isn't bad. Arkansas's got a really good defense, actually. Okay. Uh, Indiana, Ole Miss, Wisconsin. That's not a not an awful pick either. It, the one, I mean, my my gridlock. It wouldn't necessarily be a bad pick because I, I mean, there's a potential for Maryland's yeah, defense for to really Florida. show out against Penn State, but um, I wouldn't put that as our, as a betting odds on yeah. good <laughs> good pick. Um, let's see Shoot, here. this is uh, there's like no good games going on right now. Houston, maybe Houston against Baylor. I don't know. That that, that, could, that be, could be that could that be could a, a squirrely game right there. It could be. Um, man, nothing man, stands man. out to me, boys. What do you What do y'all think? I would say, I know, Blake. I would say Texas A and M. Yeah, I would lean either A and M or uh, what was the other one I said a second ago? Uh, I would do either A and M or Arkansas. And honestly, uh, Notre Dame they they've got a top ten defense, and Clemson's got a struggling offense. They, so yeah. But Texas A&M is a lot more aggressive than Notre Dame. So I, I feel like you know, A&M would probably be my pick just based on sacks and tackles for loss. I think yeah. A&M because I think they have a more dyna- dynamic defense than uh, – well, I mean, wait, isn't Notre Dame the favorite in that game? Yeah, you're right. Yeah, it'd have to be uh, – yeah, let's, uh, let's do Texas A&M. A&M and just yeah, let's do Texas A&M. That, that, that's a good yeah. style pick for us, I think. All right, I will shoot it over to him and let him know. Uh, so for the fantasy face-off, uh, I shared the picture last week. Uh, the guys over at the CFB Good Guys, they made they made the image and, uh, you know, the graphic, and they they share it. And uh, so, yeah, we're going to give that to him, and, and we'll see if we get a dub, and we'll, we'll let you guys know how that goes. But it's just a fun little thing doing collaborations with other people that love college football. So uh, good thing about Twitter, there's a lot of pages out there, a lot of people like us that – just love talking about the sport and, uh, you know, they were just out there grinding, trying to get more followers and trying to get people to listen to the show. And so any shares, any, you know, conversation about us, we really appreciate it. And, uh, you know, share the show. Let us know if there's anything you guys would like better. Let us know, uh, you know, maybe new segments that you want to hear from us each week. We'll t- I mean, we can talk football all day long. So just you let us know and uh, we'll try to accommodate, you know, as best we can. Uh, you know, we again we do appreciate everything. Uh, so guys, any final thoughts on this week heading uh, heading into a, a big one? No. Also, uh, fill out the pick'em when we put it up. Yeah, yeah. Put your uh, throw us your picks and let us know what you got. And they said if uh, you you have a great weekend of picks, we'll we'll shout you out, and uh, you know we'll tag you. You know, Facebook, whatever, whatever you're on, social media wise. We definitely love all the participation. The more the more people will participate, not just the, the few that have already participated. We love you guys for participating. But the more we get involved, the better we can we can do it and we can do 
we we can start doing where if we have multiple people doing it, um, we can do basically are the fans versus us, um, and what their records are as opposed to what our records are, and it'll be a fun little competition between all y'all listeners and us uh, as well. So the more participation, the better, and it makes the show just a little bit more fun and more interactive for y'all. Yeah. So again, we appreciate you guys, and uh, man, this. Just great weekend of football coming up. So tune in, watch it, and, uh, you know, text us during the game. Or not text us, you know, tweet us during the game. Write us on Facebook during the games. Uh, you know, we're, we're there. We're on our phones. We're watching TV all day. So let us know. We're excited to, to watch it this weekend. Thanks again. Y'all have a good one. Have a good night.